Welcome to the Cod Past Podcast, where your fishy past hooks your brilliant future. With Dr. Deborah, Laura, and Dr. Trish. I know I'm not supposed to say anything, Trish, but you I'm, have, I'm getting you there. Hit, you have to hit record first before you do that. Welcome to the Cod Past Podcast, where your fishy past hooks your brilliant future. With Dr. Deborah. Laura and Dr. Trish. Yay! <laughs> we did it. Trish, I'm, I'm just going to ask you are you recording for actual Zoom? Uh, it says recording. I, okay. All right. I thought that was recording for live on Facebook. So, yay! We're here. I'm not sure. It could be either one. Okay. <laughs> Better to move forward with imperfect action than to get stuck with perfect inaction. That is our motto is it's good enough. Let's just get moving. Let's not keep talking. Perfect. Welcome. 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 We're going to have a big day today. We've got Mr. Daryl, the author of uh -oh, my book. <laughs> The author of the back 40 with us, but he can't talk. He's not allowed to talk yet because we have some <laughs> other things to do. We have some jokes and other stuff, and then I get to introduce Daryl. Perfect. So let's just start the top of the hour with a joke. I actually have one this week. Uh, so what kind of music should you listen to while fishing? <laughs> what kind of music? Kind of music should you Sitting on the dock to? of the bay. It should have a lot of bass bass <laughs> oh that's a good one that's Darryl. a good one good job daryl Debra, you want to take a stab at it anything um <laughs> uh i don't know the hooker shuffle <laughs> <laughs> that's good you know that we're getting good. better we're getting better at solving these riddles we are and you guys were all right because they're all something catchy oh nice something catchy <laughs> got it your turn anybody else have a joke fish joke you don't You're, have one Deborah? well i i do but you said laura was going to do it so i will do it right oh, now no, everybody can do it daryl you oh. can have one too if you want okay uh, I want. so how much money does gill gates have <laughs> Gil Bates. Gil Gates. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Gil Bates. Uh, how much money does Gil have? Rows and uh, rows of <laughs> dollars. A gillion dollars. Oh, I kind of like obvious, that. but yeah, yeah. A gillion dollars. I love it. I yeah. love it. 
So um, have you guys read any weird news this week? I don't get to give mine. Oh, you have a joke? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So scared. He's, why, he's not in the why, why do midlifers flock to SeaWorld? <laughs> why do midlifers flock to SeaWorld? To, sea to see a whale of a show? They're all looking for their porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's really true. good, Gerald. That, and that true. goes that goes right in line with what we're doing today anyway. That's really, really cute. Okay, so does anybody have anything weird that they read in the news this week or anything that we need to discuss about ETs or ghosts or angels or or solar flares, solar flashes? David Wilcox has been in the news a lot this, this week. He's the guy who started Contact in the Desert. And I, I don't know, I think it was about 2013 or 14 or something like that. David is super smart. A lot of people think he's reincarnated Edgar Casey. He kind of looks like him. He has a lot of the same kind of attributes and he's that smart. He's super smart, but he talks too much. So <laughs> I, I met him a couple of times, but he's really in the ET world and the quantum physics world. And they, you know, they had to stop doing, do you guys know what contact in the desert is? I heard you guys know? Have you guys ever been? Well, I have. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know all about that? <laughs> so contact in the desert started because so many people had these um, experiences that they thought they had been uh, talked to by ETs and things like that. And so some people just got together really and decided, let's go somewhere that nobody can find us or nobody can do anything. And they did an outside gathering and the second or third year in, they had 12,000 people show up. And it was Joshua Tree outside of Palm Springs, where it's really hot and really deserty and really dusty. And the year I went, everybody had to bring, a, like you had to pay to get in. They had this weird fence around it. And um, you had to pay to get in, but you had to have your own lawn chair and your own water and all that, because they didn't have anything there to sell or buy. Uh, they didn't have, it wasn't like going to a concert or something. And it was so dirty and so yucky. <laughs> and I'm like, I accidentally met the guy who started the whole thing. And I said, if you ever want like me to come back, you got to have this in a nice place because I am not going to sit in the dirt for three days <laughs> listening to these people. But I thought it was going to be a joke with, you know, like people with foil on their heads and stuff like that. And there were a couple of those people, but for the most part, they were really normal people that had had really weird, abnormal things happen to them. And they just wanted a place that was safe, that they could tell their story and that they could get some support for it. Laura Eisenhower, you know, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think it was in the early 50s. They had all these ETs show up over the over the White House and it had something to do with nuclear, like something happened where there were a whole bunch of nuclear things, the warheads that were sort of ready to go off for some reason. 
and um, all the warheads in a whole bunch of different places were shut down. They could not figure out how did they get shut down? How did all of them get shut down all at the same time? And then about that same time, there were all these lights over, um, over the Capitol. And so apparently Eisenhower wrote a bunch of stuff about that. And now Laura Eisenhower is prolific about it. So I met her and anyway, been a lot of stuff in the news about that stuff lately. I, I don't have a lot of time to, to watch it and they haven't had contact in the desert for a couple of years because of COVID. Uh, and they, they did move it to a resort like Desert Springs. Is there a Desert Springs or something? Something like that. Anyway, it was fun and it's interesting to read that stuff. So um, with without further ado, I think, Yay. can we go yeah, ahead with something you? coming up in yes, the news? Just yes. the next couple of weeks, we've got Daryl will be big in the news. <laughs> Yeah, Daryl's going to be big in the news. Daryl has a pretty cool background anyway, but um, on the 2nd of February, he is going to um, uh, have his book launch, which is not just a book. It it was a book that took him, what, seven years, Daryl, to write it? No, longer that, than that. That would have been nice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but maybe triple that. <laughs> wow, but but Daryl didn't only want to just write a book. He wanted to create a whole movement, and he wanted to create something that was really going to leave a lasting impression and a lasting help. And I personally only met Daryl a few months ago, and I was totally amazed at the synergy of meeting him and the synergy of other people that I knew that were struggling to figure this stuff out. Like he was telling the joke about they're trying to find their porpoise. But the truth is that unfortunately, the four of us I think are pretty good with our purpose. But <clears throat> um, the vast majority of people, I think partly because of COVID, partly because of all the marketing, they're in their limbic fight or flight brain and your limbic system shuts down everything else it shuts down your senses it shuts down your ability to love it shuts down all kinds of things and if your brain gets too used to it it takes years to un undo that or takes very strong processes it can be short but it takes very specific processes to get that to undo so you can feel your senses feel your touch feel your warmth, feel your intuition, feel your love, all of that. And so um, I, when I met Daryl and I saw the, the continuity of his work, I mean, it's, it's really deep and it's really, it, it, it answers so many questions, but it's a process that people can actually go through. And I was shocked because <laughs> he was exactly what Deborah and Laura thought of for this cod past, because they said, you know, your fishy past hooks your brilliant future. And we all have fishy pasts. And, uh, you know, our corporate world said, don't ever talk about that. Don't tell people you ever did anything wrong. You don't ever want to brag about bad stuff you did when you were a teenager. And, you know, I was a pregnant teenager and my, my family was 
embarrassed up until just a few years ago. They hated it when I told anybody this because they were, it was just like a blight on our family or something. And so, um, so I, I really want Daryl to talk a little bit about his fishing past and also his cool past because he's done a lot of stuff. He has a lot of influential friends. But I think the more of us that can get behind him and this work and just, you know, so right now we're all building a community of real strong mutual support that not only can make money from our work because we all need to pay our bills, but also have fun with really, really cool people in our lives, be able to travel with them, be able to lecture with them and be able to leave the world a better place because there's really a bigger and bigger group that is mutually supportive and loving to each other. And so I think, um, Daryl, if you will talk to us now, like where were you born and why? <laughs> Well, uh, I was born in a small town in Southeast Texas. So uh, I, have, I have Texas roots and, uh, you know, to a certain degree that, that uh, fishy past, a lot of that was uh, involved the Texas swagger, you know, because there's a certain attitude or something like that, you know, the folks with, uh, from Texas come out with. And, you know, and it's all good. And, uh, you know, uh, now I live in Los Angeles and, um, you know, what, what I'll say first off is, um, you know, you, you started off with a lot about aliens. And I think to a certain degree, uh, for the last couple of years, for sure, we've all kind of felt like aliens to ourselves and aliens in the world. <clears throat> and I think uh, very often when we get to a, or some of us, when we get to a midlife point, um, we can kind of feel alien to our life. Like, wow, this hasn't worked out the way I thought it was supposed to, you know, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. Um, and yet, uh, you know, life is showing up a particular way. And so um, how the uh, idea of the back 40 came uh, to me is uh, I it was a little bit lost on the date, but I think it was like March 24th uh, of 2002, um, about 11.43 p.m. at night. I was uh, sitting in my meditation chair, looking at my son sleeping in my bed because my parents were downstairs sleeping in his bed because they had come into town to lend me more money and support uh, around a half million dollar custody suit that I was in. And I was sitting there at 40, uh, you know, just feeling like this big loser sign you know over my forehead like you know i'm in a half million dollar custody seat i'm suit i'm going through a uh, a career change i'm deeply in debt because of the custody suit and so at 40 i was like wow i don't have a whole heck of a lot to to say or show for myself and that's the alien aspect um and then i can only uh classify it as a download um what came to me was uh, kind of a voice that said, well, what if you're exactly where you're supposed to be? What if you've done everything exactly the way you were supposed to do it so that you can now become who you came here to be and do what you came here to do? So the question came was, what if the first half of life was just R&D? 
You know, what if it's just research and development for who we actually came here to be? Like I, I at love some that. level, there's some grand plan. I love that. I, I love that research and development. I'd never heard it talked to like that, but it made so much sense to me. Yeah, and you know what, here's what's interesting too. I think we do all kind of tap into a, you know, a higher mind. Um, and I don't know where the download came from, but a few years after I started kind of writing and developing this, someone actually sent me a meme uh, and it had a picture of Carl Jung on it. And Carl Jung said the first half of life is just research and development. And it was like, okay, I like that. <laughs> That's an affirmation. So the, the point is when you're talking about uh, our fishy past. So, you know, one of the things you mentioned a minute ago, <clears throat> Trish, was mistakes or the bad things that we've done. <clears throat> well, you know, there are things that we've done that maybe, you know, with our you know, looking back, we wouldn't have done. And there's also a lot of stuff that was, quote, done to us. Right. And I think a lot of folks, uh, you know, we're kind of catapulted, I think, out into life. You know, it's like we're teenagers trying to individuate. We're trying to be cool. You know, we're trying to figure out what our life's about and everything like that. And we're just all of these things and stuff and events that had happened in our life, even, you know, in early childhood, you know, gave us certain ways of thinking about ourselves and about life and decisions that we make. And so we're kind of catapulted out into life and we're running, 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 running. Usually, and you know, stuff happens all the time, but around midlife shift happens, you know, shift hits the fan a lot of times, right? And so I think that's when there's an opportunity for us to kind of reevaluate. And you know, what's really interesting right now is after two years of COVID and eight months of what is being called the great resignation <clears throat> that's going on in the economy, so many people got in touch with their mortality and like, am I really doing what fulfills me? You know, am I really finding my purpose? You know, should I head to SeaWorld? But the point is, is that, you know, this is a time of reevaluation. And I think a lot of people are doing that. So at 40, I had that opportunity come to me like, oh, okay. Well, you know, what if it was just R&D? And that's when the back 40 as a, an idea and a book uh, started uh, forming uh, and it did take 20 years because there was still a lot more R&D and I'm still doing R&D and I will keep doing R&D. It's just that once you get it in the way that's presented in the book and, and learn the processes, you can do conscious R&D versus all the unconscious R&D that we're doing all the time mm -hmm. to uh, figure ourselves out. Well, I, I also think it was kind of what we were talking yesterday about Laura Laura's working on a speech right now and, and, and getting into the flow instead of constantly fighting against the current. And I think that when you have a realization like what you had, and if you have the chance to have one of those realizations or downloads, it doesn't feel like you're fighting anymore. It feels like, oh, okay. Like some slap hits you or something you go, wow, I didn't expect that, but all right. So let's see what, what's that about? It's a whole different shift of you going with the flow and allowing instead of fighting, 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 going, this isn't me. I don't want to do this. Get me out of here. You know, 
anyway. I, I yeah. love it well, too. Yeah, go, yeah, go. Uh, with the research and development, I worked years ago with a multimillionaire to help him with his story because that's part of what I do. And he said when he made mistakes, he always felt like that's a one-off because he knew everything was serving him. And it's that shift you're talking about, that shift, oh, this is happening. Instead of going with it and saying, oh, I'm the loser I always thought I was. Oh my gosh, they were right about me or my mom was right. Or, you know, those high school students were right. It's just more, no, this, if you know it's serving you in the moment, that's really nirvana. So I just love the research and development. I think it's the men mental piece that people need and the spiritual piece that they need to continue with their life and know it's working out and getting even better. And, and I think, you, go ahead, I was, No, I was just gonna say the thing that you said, Daryl, that really struck me was you're at a point and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't what it was supposed to look like. You have this, this vision in your head of, of you know, society tells you you're going to be happy with the house and a picket fence and all that others, and when it doesn't look like that, it's confusing in a society that isn't does it, that that really champions resistance rather than flow. So I thought that was a really good point that you made. Well, and one of the things that you've made me think about in the last month or so is that sometimes it's kind of like my friends who I've known that um have overcome or have are working on alcoholism you know to get over it and and they say that um they wake up sometimes and go i don't ever want to feel this way again and one of the things you taught me in this last month was that some some things happen so that you will never allow those to happen again you go okay this is once but it won't be twice and so I, I think for me, um, that's been a, that's been a huge, like, um, I, I just love this, Daryl. We could talk about this for the next four Can weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about the back 40 and the processes that you have come sure. up with? And Absolutely. I, I, just a couple comments on what y'all have been sharing. And again, we, we could just play off of each other and talk for hours. Uh, uh, I, I heard something the other day, you know, uh, I have a lot of respect for 12 step programs um, in the sense that, you know, what you what you said, Trish, is, you know, uh, people are are trying to, you know, like you get a new outlook and then you're just able to go with the flow. I wish I got the new perspectives and could just automatically go with the flow. But what I am dealing with and, and on a daily basis is the old tendency based on the things that happened and we'll get into the processes i'll tell you a little bit about what's in the book but based on the things that happened at an early age i decided i need to be in front i need to be in front of life i need to be in front of god i gotta manage things i gotta control things i've gotta you know and so you know in the world eastern tradition of tantra they call that trishna there's a uh, there's the two way of being there's either Trishna, which is trying to swim up, you know, upstream and, you know, make it happen. And then there's Wu Wei, which is going with flow. So the point is, is that I think the awareness is the first part. And then there is a constant retraining. There's, a, you know, first there's awareness, right? The Joe Dispenza says that your personality is formed at 35. But he also has processes in his book 
where at 50 and 60, and it's very, it's very 12 step oriented as well in the sense that, you know, some, if you tap into something beyond you, kind of like Carl Jung told Bill W that, uh, you know, the only way you're going to solve out your, you know, not solve alcoholism, by the way, and you mentioned that people want to get over it. I've heard it's called alcoholism, not alcohol wasn't, you know, it's not alcohol wasn't. Yeah. But the point is, is it's something beyond you and the awareness can allow you to start operating differently in life. And I will say that I practice going with the flow a lot more now. And there's still the retraining of the old, you know, got to control, got to get out what I call in front of God. What I've started to do lately is really practice not getting out in front of God and being surprised and be, you know, allowing surprises whenever you're controlling and managing and you you know figuring it all out it's hard to be surprised and very often there's too much tension in the way to even be able to flow but uh deborah you asked a little bit about the processes so the the back 40 the, the the subtitle and i don't know if you can see it there but it's seven essential embraces to launch life's radical second half <clears throat> and i will claim no responsibility for this because this was all a download um you know once the idea came i actually said what are these seven embraces and this in that original download it came your past your present your gifts your values your initiation which is what some people call midlife crisis um your purpose and a presence and um, so you, when it comes to your past, so many of us have our mindsets and these control mechanisms and these defense mechanisms and all of this based on stuff that happened to us that to some degree we believe we're a victim to. You know, even people who've done tons of transformational work, people who've just, you know, spent, I've been a transformation, you know, personal development junkie. But if I really looked, there's these things where I would have it that ah, if that didn't happen to me, eh, if that didn't happen to me, you know, then, you know, that'd be, well, what the, why we want to embrace our past with the particular processes that I offer here is to actually turn it around. And this is going to sound crazy, but what if those most horrific, traumatic, awful things that happened to us, we could get to a place where we actually believe they're the best thing that could have ever happened to us. What if we were, could actually take some ownership, I say kind of cause, like at a soul level, that we pick those parents, we pick those situations, we pick those events, so as to become who we came here to be, so as to be honed, to make the difference, to be of service in the way that we can now be. So in other words, what if life is for us and not against us? And what if we are actually always, if we take the perspective that there's gifts here? So one of the processes, Deborah, in you know looking at your past is looking to see what are the blessings that came out of that horrific event and if, if it was all a laboratory, what might I have set that laboratory up to discover? And so it really, you know, look, none of this is true, by the way. This is just, these are processes and all of personal development is just 
methods to empower us. It's not about being true or not, but the methods or the method of actually being able to find the blessings and to look at it like an experiment, like from an observer's point of view. Why would I have picked that situation? Why would I have picked those parents? Why would I pick that? Why would I pick this? We can actually come to the place where we can be honored for what the gifts are out of that and see our self-expression directives going forward. In other words, what if all of life is laboratories to give us pointers on being more and more of ourself and expressing more and more of what we came here to be and do going forward? Let me shut up for a second because I could just keep going and going. Well, uh, it reminds me of something. Um, I used to work in a retirement community, a big one. Um, one of the first giant, um, giant, giant, giant housing areas that was, it was fashioned off of Leisure World. Leisure World was about that community. And, um, you know, I, I, I said, because a lot of the people were not very nice in there. They were, it was like their life dream to retire there. And then when they retired there, nothing was right. You know, everything that they had complained about their life, they now complained about the community. And I said to somebody one day, you know, God, I hope that when I get old, I'm not like that. Like I don't complain and, you know, get cussing blah, 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 about it, my life. And, and this guy said, you're never gonna be like that. He said, you know, the four of us remember records and they go around and around and around. And, and if you have a scratch on them, it goes, you know, scratches over. And, and he said, <clears throat> people get into grooves and each year they go deeper and deeper into that groove until they get a big hit on the side of the record player. And if the hit is big enough, they will change 180 degrees, but it has to be huge if that happens. But if- Sounds like a half million dollar custody suit. Yeah, <laughs> but, like but wow. if you're, right. But if you're lucky enough, you get these little hits where you can hop out of that groove and you get to choose the new groove instead of just going around, around, around. And, and I mean, right now I'm, I'm doing this. Oh, do you have one like that in there? Well, there, so I don't know if you can see this graph. Uh -huh. Yeah, we can. But the, the tendency as we get older is to go into our, I'm going to call it prison of wisdom. Because mm. by the time we get older, number one, society tells us we're supposed to be wise. We're supposed to have learned about life and everything. And so what ends up happening is that all of these decisions that we've made based on maybe traumatic events, whatever, decisions we've made about ourselves, what we're capable of, decisions we've made about others, you know, what women are really like, you know, what men are really like, you know, what, uh, you know, being entrepreneur is really like, you know, all of these decisions. And so what ends up happening is in that graphic, we get into a smaller and smaller and smaller spiral of being right. Mm -hmm. We're committed to being right and proving ourselves right, which I call it the incredible shrinking world. Yeah. And very, yes, very often right, as we get older, 
Yeah. You're so right about that Sorry, because as people get older, I know. Did, did you hear what you said? You're so right. You're so right about that. But as people get older, their world gets so small and it, it and, and it's, and it gets so, um, and it gets more and more negative sometimes. And um, that was a really interesting um, thing. But some, I said something to someone one time that I was counseling and I just said, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Because exactly. this person just wanted to be right. Yeah. And she was miserable. Yeah. And one of the things that y'all are doing, and y'all demonstrated this, and, and thank, uh, I'm going to be doing it today, too. I'm doing a presentation at a, a Centers for Spiritual Living com annual conference today. But what y'all did is y'all are on your second podcast, right? And at the beginning, there's all this figuring it out. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, you're not used to it yet. So you got to see that. Is it going on Facebook? Is it going here? You know, all these things. And what's great about that is that y'all are playing in new areas versus the decisions that, oh, I'm not technical. Oh, you know, I can't do this and all that. And so, Deborah, what you're talking about is, yeah, as people get older, they decide, they make decisions about what's they're possible. So, so here's, you know. Uh, society, the BS of society, the belief system, is that after we get to 40, 50, or 60, that our best is behind us, our best creativity, our best ingenuity, our best figuring things out, and all this kind of stuff. So society tells us, that's why it's called over the hill, because we're mm. going to be less of ourselves. Mm. But what if that's BS? What if that's a belief system? And what if we, the real model, should we choose it, is an up and out system? In other words, y'all at your ages and at your technical capabilities are starting a podcast. You're getting on the playing field. And that is one of the missions of the VAC 40 is to free me up, to free y'all up, to free all of us up to play bigger. And if we do take on that our biggest game is yet to come, always our biggest game is yet to come then guess what we got to keep being curious we got to keep taking risks we got to keep getting on the playing field whereas society tells you when you're older don't get on the playing field you'll look stupid you know you'll you'll, you'll fall on your face you'll look like a, you'll be a failure all of that whereas 20 year olds they're just out experimenting they're playing because they don't know anything about failure we've got to develop that curious play again mindset I love that. And I also love um, that when you're younger, you're so curious, but you also have insecurities. And just because you're older, you're not necessarily wiser. There are some people who are still not wise when they get older, but most insecurities uh, are left behind, hopefully, right? Like that's part of it too. You just have to I, I told Deborah and Trish, you know, I know some people who are like, oh my gosh, you're starting a podcast. Why would you want to do that? Um, you know what? I, because I, I, I'm not invisible. I have a youthful spirit. I want to share that wisdom of what I know and what people like you that we've met that are just incredible people doing incredible things, but that you started ordinarily, just like we did, you started in East Texas, you went through this huge trauma, uh, $500,000 uh, 
I would call it a trauma. I don't know what you call it, but you know, something really big. At this point, I call it a gift, but that, yeah, it is a gift. Trauma. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. It is. And you know what, Daryl, it's not just a gift for you. It's the gift that you keep giving to everybody else by giving your processes and perspective. Well, but that's for all of us. I just want to say, Laura, that's for all of us. And so to the degree that we can take the traumas, take the supposed bad things that happened to us, and I'm not minimizing the seeming bad stuff that's in lives, you know, even COVID over the last couple of years has, ha has wreaked a lot of challenges. And I'm just saying, if we can take a different attitude towards it, a, a wise man once said, there's two ways of looking at life. Don't you love how people always break it down so easy, right? But he said, there's two ways of looking at life. Either you're at cause or you're at effect. Now, neither one are true, but depending on the one you subscribe to, it forever shapes your life. If you have it that you're at effect of COVID, of uh, of of uh, uh, you know the, the horrible things that have happened to you, then you just have nothing to say about it. You're at effect. You blow with the wind, and you're forever operating at effect. If you take on and you just make the choice to choose of being at cause, why would I've created it that way? What are the gifts I got out of two years of COVID? What do I see about myself now? Where do I been to have the opportunity to reevaluate? How have I, you know, grown closer to my kids or wives or, you know, or seen that my marriage ain't going to work and we just got pressed together enough to see that it wasn't, you know, but what are the gifts? Then that's a whole new way of approaching life. And if you can cause your past and wow. cause your present, you can cause your future. Yeah, I, that's I, profound. That's De profound. Deborah, you have to share. I mean, it really is right in here. You have to share that three processes you shared with me yesterday. That was so funny. Dar you you might write this in your next book, Daryl. It's so funny. Do you remember what you gave me? Yes. Never forget three types of people in your life. There's the ones who helped you in your difficult times. There's the ones who left you in your difficult times and the ones who put you in your difficult times. <laughs> Can I offer something on that? Yes, I love it. Cause it, yeah, it doesn't, it's yeah, right up your alley. It's definitely a fact. That's an effect mindset, isn't it? Well, and here's the great thing is <clears throat> part of the process, Deborah, you had asked earlier about the process. So, you know, there's, it's actually a seven step process. There's, you know, uh, saying what the situation was, what are the blessings, what are the hypothetical questions that you may have been looking to answer? Um, what is the laboratory setup that you put together for your discovery, which means the environment and the participants, your lab assistants? What if we're all spear carriers in one another's laboratory operas? So in other words, one of the end games of this process of embracing your past um, so that you're no longer a victim to it is that there's no one to blame. 
You know, there's no one to blame. You design, you picked those players. You interviewed them on some cellular level. You saw that their resume was perfect to give you the experiences that you needed to now become, not to close down, but to now become who you came here to be. I don't know if y'all know the book by Neil Donald Walsh, Little Soul in the Sun, but it's this great book. I used to read it to my son when I was a single dad. He was growing up. And in a nutshell, there's this little soul, say, you know, hanging out in the clouds, right? Where, you know, our, our ideas of where God is, right? But this little soul says, <clears throat> you know, I want to go down to earth. God says, why? You have everything here. You don't need anything. Yeah, but I, I have it all, but I want to experience. I want to feel. I want to have an experience. Well, what's the experience you want to have? <clears throat> ah, forgiveness. I want to feel what forgiveness feels like. So God says, okay, well, you know, I'll let you go down, but you're going to need somebody with you. So this other little soul shows up, says, hey, no worries. We've done this many times before. I'll go down with you and I'll do something so dark that it will give you the opportunity to experience forgiveness. <clears throat> but the other little soul says, but when I do this dark thing, I'm going to have to lower my vibration so low. That if you forget who I am in the midst of it all, I'll be lost forever. So in other words, those people, you know, the third level of what you talked about, Deborah, those people who put us there, they're our angels. You know, we picked them. And if we can, like, actually take ownership of our past, we can actually, I'm not saying anyone has to go thank them, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, thank you. Thanks for the gift of giving me the opportunity to discover more of who I came here to be and do what I came here to do. I love that. That's, love that. actually, that's actually a little segue. Before we go, I, I definitely want to wrap up with how people can find your book and your website. But before we go, because I know we're getting close to the end, it's, uh, it's my duty and my pleasure to ask you uh, if you've had any angel or ghost or UFO experiences in your past that you'd like to share with us. Wow, I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> well, well, you know, look, I mean, in the context of what I just shared, I've got only angels throughout my life, right? Because everyone has been the spirit carrier in my laboratories for who, who I came here to be. I will tell you a funny little story though that I've always looked at like, ooh, was that, was that God in a, in a form? <clears throat> Astro World in Houston was a big theme park and um, it was by the Astrodome. And so we would go there because I grew up in Southeast Texas. And so anyhow, we were there, I was probably eight years old and my cousin and my brother, <clears throat> my aunts and uncles, we were all there. So anyhow, there was this one particular uh, thing where you could, you know, win something and you shot water out of a uh, water gun into a clown's mouth. And so my cousin, you know, did it and she won and my brother did it and he won and I was all moping around, you know. <clears throat> and so then the next time, the next game came up and I was going to, and this woman beside me, she saw me so sad. She said, why are you sad? I said, everyone, my cousin, my brother, they won. I haven't won. And she said, no, I think you're going to win this time. <laughs> right in the clown's mouth i won so anyhow just one of those silly little things from childhood that we remember 
but you I know love- what if you remember it my feeling is this if something sticks in your head and if you have a feeling this is something that laura and deborah and i studied in june together in a little town called casadega um <clears throat> that if you have an idea that you got some divine help it's seriously seriously important that you acknowledge that you did not that you might have not that well i don't know but that you see it's kind of like what laura was saying that you saw them that our perception is not at, at the elevated rate yet that we can actually see the angel wings or that we can see the divinity in some entity that's that's standing next to us but this man who has spent his life doing these things he said there might be as many as a thousand people around you trying to help you and they may be fairies they may be dwarfs they may be angels they may be ets you don't know what they are because there are so many different parts of god but they are all jumping up and down going see me see me notice me notice me and the best they can do sometimes is get through your brain to give you a message like no this is real this is me and you get that little funny feeling like i think that was an angel you can't think or hope anymore you have to say no it was real angel that's what happened to me because he said the more you acknowledge that the more they can show up because it somehow opens up some vibrational space between your acceptance and your acknowledgement and various things it was it was so profound i'll never forget that class i'll never forget I think you're right, Trish. I think, Daryl, just the fact that you remember that and you yeah. equated it to an angel visit, I think it was. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that guy would tell you, don't ever say you think it was again. Okay. You know? um, so that that's fantastic. And so we've got about 10 minutes left. And um, how do we want to wrap this over to Clubhouse? We we'll want to make sure that we let Daryl talk about his website and his book and when yeah. it's coming out and how yeah. I can get a signed copy, please. Well, can y'all do me a favor? Laura and Trish, would y'all check your email? But I sent you an email yesterday and the book is actually just came up today based on y'all get, being angels and saying, hey, we want you on our podcast. So we had to get it up. So it's available for pre-order. It'll come out on February 2nd. But if you'll check your email and maybe you could share your screen so no, that, that anyone that right and, and, and anyone watching could um, could see the link. And maybe if you put it up, I'll read it so that they'll, because it's one of those Amazon links. But did, um, you, yeah. did you send it to Dr. Trish? Yes, and to, uh, to Laura, I sent it to, to both of you yesterday evening. Um, and check your spam. And I, I'm not sure if I if it may have come through out of a different <clears throat> email address. But my spam, I don't see it. I have the one that you sent me, and I can see beyond 68 pages. Was it? <laughs> 68. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Let me let me just email it. To yeah, both of it's you right not now. here. It's not here, Daryl. Okay. Let me email it to you, and then you can put it up because I can't share my screen because I'm on my phone. Well, you know what? I I do have it. It is in my you spam. Do? Okay. Okay. Sorry. I wish I, I could. I wish I could be cause over spam. 
that's what I have not gotten control over yet. Well, I, I, I opened it spam. up. It wasn't, it wasn't in there, but you should. So what, yeah, is, your, you what is your website, um, Daryl? What is the website? Well, people can uh, actually get a free download at our, my website of the top 10 tips for a radical second half. And they can do that by going to the back 40, T-H-E-B-A-C-K-F-O-R-T-Y.com forward slash free, theback40.com forward slash free, top 10 tips for a radical second half. And um, if Laura or Trish are able to share the. I think it's going to have to be Trish. She's got the. No, I, I definitely, it was, it was in spam. I told it not to be in spam. But I'm going to try one that, more time, guys. We will put it up on um, the Codcast yeah, we'll, Facebook yeah, we page for Trish, sure. Trish, Trish, I'm going to send it to you right now. I'll right. send it from a different email address. And, so and you're you sending it, Dr. Trish, right? 333? I am. Okay. That's the only one I ever have for you. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Okay. I'm sending it. I didn't put a subject on it, but you should see it. Daryl, yeah, can you be, also, while she's doing that, I think that there's um, a symbolism that some people may not understand with the 40 and the back 40. Can you give us just a oh, little bit of history on that? Yeah, thank, yeah, thanks for that. So why was this even called the back 40? So I grew up in Texas, which I've already said. Um, I don't know, some of you are old enough to remember Dallas, a very big popular TV show, and they would refer to the back 40. And people who've grown up in rural areas understand that the back 40 is this big, uncultivated patch of land behind the ranch that has infinite growth potential. And so our double entendre here is that what if everything after 40, 50, 60, and beyond, your back 40 can start at any moment, but what if it's all uncultivated with infinite growth potential? So that's what the back 40 reference. I love it. I absolutely love it. Because a lot of people say, oh, we're on the back nine, right? But I, when you said it's over the hill is what society says, then you got to go down. It's amazing what that does to your psyche. And now that I know I'm going up, watch out world. <laughs> absolutely. Trish, I don't know if you can expand your screen or, 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 uh, make make it bigger I, I i'll read it to people if, if anyone's you know uh watching and they want to go grab uh, we've and, got and quite a way, few, we do have quite a few people watching um okay. and and i think to just go back over that and back over your website you've got time okay good. byron well, byron put it on the facebook page too thanks, thanks byron. Byron. Oh, so this Thank is you, byron i don't know if he put this one but i like it amazon to backslash 3g nrvae that's the link okay but we'll find it don't worry we'll find it and then i'm going to find you so you can sign it for i'm gonna it. i'm gonna see what this looks like so what this is is this there it is, is. The, this is the ebook that will come out on 2222 for 299 it's going to be on a very low price launch special so that's the Kindle book, and the actual address is https colon 
backslash backslash amzn dot to forward slash three little q capital n little r little v capital a capital e so um yeah i wish there was some way i could share that uh better for folks to see but if you pre-order you will get a 2.99 uh special on the book when it comes out on 2222. love it uh, and we'll do quite a few things around this but we will put it in our podcast website i'll talk about it in my personal website and um and this is only the beginning of doing many things together i see you as being a part of our um retreats and yep. many other things that are going to just be uh, mind blowing for people to be able to really spend a few days together with amazing people and get them over their fishy past because we have really good stories about our past. We laugh all the time. Can I, can I offer something? What if we yeah. don't get over our fishy past, but what if we embrace our fishy past such that we come out smelling like roses? Oh, love I love it. <laughs> you know, they actually grind up fish and they use it as um, fertilizer for um, for plants. Totally. So totally. there you go. <laughs> it helps That's grow cool. a lot of back 40s for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'm in, yes, I, where your fishy past hooks your brilliant future and a fishy past does not ne necessarily have to have a negative connotation. That's right. Not at all. Exactly. No, and and I'm in the middle of fish haven here in Costa Rica. Yeah. So I eat fish almost every day, and I I always pray for them and say, "You're going to become a part of me now." So oh. we're going to be doing this together. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys be nice to me. <laughs> so we are going to be in three minutes going over to Clubhouse, and our Clubhouse is F A C Friday Afternoon Club cod past so it's fac friday afternoon club is what it stands for cod past please join us over there and we're going to talk a lot more and kind of you know free flow with daryl and, and you this, get it and anybody that joins us can now talk to him too it's more interactive yeah. from our audience perspective and I, I just love the people that show up so the more that show up the better right that's right yeah so when we get over there remember right when you get in there to go to the bottom of the page and start inviting people so that they can ping in and um next week we're going to have who deborah well um we were unable to um to get the fairy next week she's got some things going on so um i am looking at um inviting i have two people in mind and i don't know if you want me to say their names for just in case you know we're gonna have a great guest next friday and <laughs> i believe the one's going to be talking about um uh healing and love and and all sorts of great things and she's someone i've known since high school but um, so I'm hoping that she's going to be able to join us. Uh, Shoshana was unable to join us next Friday. I just heard from her. So we will rebook her when she gets back to California. That was uh, what we're going to do. So I've got a couple of good people in mind and uh, we've talked to him about it before being on. So I'm sure that we'll the right person will be here next Friday. Absolutely. And, then, and, this, and we're working on a month. I mean, a. Uh, um, calendar. We just learned how to do an editorial calendar, 
And so we will have uh, very specific people that we'll have on for the next six, six to 12 months. And, um, and we're rocking and rolling. We're really doing a lot of stuff. So yeah, we're just want, and we're going to have fun. So grateful for our first two guests, uh, Luna Lavender last week, this week, Daryl. And we are just so grateful to have these amazing people that we've met and are happy to come and share their experience and wisdom with you all. And Daryl, thank you so much for coming on board with uh, Facebook Live today, our podcast, and we're looking forward to seeing you in Clubhouse in just a couple minutes. Yep. Thank and you all. So, I'm, so, I'm so privileged to have met all of you in the last couple months and look forward to playing big games together. Thank you, Daryl. And thank you guys for uh, joining us on Facebook Live. And we'll see you, I hope, over at Clubhouse in just a minute. All right, we're going to say Bye, over everybody. Now. Have a good <laughs> Bye bye. Have a great weekend.